In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ has ascended and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And Christ has sent forth His Holy Spirit as He promised. So we rejoice this day, Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit is given to the church, to you, to me. And we consider what this means by looking at the person of the Holy Spirit and then the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, the first Pentecost, as described in Acts chapter 2 as we read, actually happened on the Feast of Pentecost, which was already a Jewish feast. The Jewish Feast of Pentecost was a commemoration of the giving of the Ten Commandments by God to Moses on Mount Sinai. And then the Ten Commandments were given 50 days after the Passover. Recall that the Passover was when the Israelites put the blood of the lamb on the door and the angel of death passed over, not killing the firstborn son. And then the people of Israel escaped out of Egypt. It was 50 days later then that they arrived at Mount Sinai and the Lord covered the mountain with fire and smoke and gave to Moses and to the people the gift of the Ten Commandments. Two great feasts, the gift of the Passover and the gift of the Ten Commandments. Every year the people are remembering these great works of God. But just as Jesus takes the feast of the Passover and brings it to its fullness in his own death and resurrection as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, so now Jesus takes the feast of Pentecost and fills it up with the great gift of the giving of the Holy Spirit. Now, does this mean that the Holy Spirit wasn't around before Pentecost? Does this mean that in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was locked somewhere up in heaven? No. In fact, as we read throughout the, the Old Testament, we do see the Holy Spirit working. For example, in Genesis 1, the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters in the beginning at creation. In the book of Numbers, the Holy Spirit came upon the 70 elders and they prophesied. And in Psalm 51, David says, Take not your Holy Spirit from me. In addition, the Apostle Peter tells us that the prophets of the Old Testament spoke as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So we confess in the Nicene Creed, as we did this morning, that the prophets of the Old Testament spoke by the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus himself was at work in this world, even before his incarnation, see, Jesus was at work from the beginning of time, so too the Holy Spirit 
was at work from the beginning of time and to the end of time. But just as Jesus in his incarnation came into the fullness of the work appointed for him by God the Father, so the Holy Spirit, now at Pentecost, comes into the fullness of the work appointed to him, the work promised by the prophets. And we see this in the beautiful text from the prophet Joel that Peter quotes in his sermon on that first Pentecost, as recorded in our readings from Acts. Peter preaches, quoting Joel, And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And this happens on the day of Pentecost. You see, Pentecost is part of the restoration of the fall of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had lost the Holy Spirit, but now in Christ, the Holy Spirit is poured on all flesh, including the Gentiles and to us. So what does this mean then that the Holy Spirit has been given to us? In this analysis, we first must begin by considering who the Holy Spirit is. We must know the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is co-eternal and co-majestic with God the Father and God the Son. As the small catechism puts it, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three distinct persons and yet are one God. Perhaps the clearest passage in Scripture that describes this is in Acts chapter 5 when Ananias and Sapphira paid a high price for their hypocrisy by being deceitful to the disciples when they sold some land. Peter knew that their, their deceit and said to them, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie? You have not lied to men, but to God. Why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? You see, the Holy Spirit is himself fully God, equal to the Father and the Son. And just like God the Father, and just like God the Son, the Holy Spirit loves you. God is love. The Father loves you. He showed us his love when he sent forth his only son to die for you. Now the son, our Lord Jesus Christ, loves you and he gave up his own life for you. And therefore the Holy Spirit loves you. And as a result, all his work is directed towards your salvation, your eternal life. In addition to who the Holy Spirit is, we must consider what the Holy Spirit does for us. The work of the Holy Spirit 
in understanding the importance of the Holy Spirit being given to us on Pentecost. Now, there are a number of scriptures that describe the work of the Holy Spirit, but perhaps the best explanation comes from John 16, where Jesus simply outlines the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I will send the Holy Spirit, and he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. This is probably the best work, the summary of the work of the Holy Spirit. He convicts concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, when he convicts of sin, the Holy Spirit works through the word to show us and to teach us what we can never see, what we can never know on our own, that we are sinners who deserves God's wrath. But the Holy Spirit also convicts the world of righteousness by bringing us to Jesus by the promise of the gospel and by giving us faith in Christ through the gospel. Here is the declaration of righteousness, the imputation of the perfection of Christ to us. And finally, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of judgment. Jesus explains what he means by saying, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. You see, Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit's work of convicting judgment is to convince us and give us the comfort that the devil has been judged. Satan and all those who side with him are cast down. They have been judged. He convicts us of this, then that Jesus is at the right hand of God and that he rules and reigns the universe and all for the sake of his church. So, you see, the Holy Spirit then, the work of the Holy Spirit ultimately brings us comfort. And this is why the Holy Spirit is given the name the Helper as Jesus calls him in our gospel reading this morning. Now in the Greek, the helper, it is actually parakletos or paraclete. It is a legal term, an, of, an official of the court who is on your side, like a defense attorney. The Holy Spirit then is paracleting in our conscience making the case that we are sinners forgiven by Jesus. But by far the most common title of the Holy Spirit is that word, holy. And this is an important thing to describe his work. You see, the Holy Spirit makes us holy. And he does this in two ways. First, the imputation of Christ's righteousness. Second, by giving us the ability to do good works 
in God's sight. So first, this imputation of righteousness here, the Holy Spirit declares us holy by bringing to us the benefit of the death and resurrection of Jesus. The Holy Spirit has anointed the work of bringing the atoning work of Christ, which happened in Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago, all across the world, right to us. And he presses it into our ears and into our hearts. The Holy Spirit, in other words, brings the benefit of the work of Jesus Christ. He brings it to us in the word, and he gives us in that word the faith to believe it. Now, the Holy Spirit not only gives us the promise of righteousness, but he gives us faith to believe the promise that we are, in fact, righteous in God's sight by the work of Jesus. So that we rejoice that we are saved by God's grace through faith. And that's not even our own. It is the gift of God. Now, if you believe in Jesus, it is because the Holy Spirit has worked through the word of God to give that faith to you. And by that faith, you are accounted to be righteous, to be holy, to be perfect in the sight of God, to be clean, to be absolved. And this is what it means to be holy. In fact, to be sanctified. And that's the first work of sanctification that the Holy Spirit does. And it's done. It's complete. It's finished. And the second work of the Holy Spirit is that he regenerates and renews us by creating a new man in us. This then gives us the ability to do good works in God's sight. Now this is probably normally what we think about when we think about sanctification, the growth and good works that's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And this is also an incredible gift that God, the Holy Spirit, works in us and works with us. You see, we're born wanting to do all the wrong things, desiring the stuff that kills us, desiring the stuff that hurts our neighbor, wanting all for ourselves. We'd ha rather have an easy life rather than suffer. We are turned toward every evil and against God. But in our Christian life, in our sanctified life, the Holy Spirit has begun in us his work of regeneration and renewal. You see, the Holy Spirit is fighting against our sinful flesh. He's fighting against our desires that are contrary to God. And the Holy Spirit gives us the strength to begin to curb our sinful flesh. 
Now, it's important that when we talk about this second work of the Holy Spirit in sanctification, that we talk about it in a way that the Scripture speaks about it. It's only just begun. And it won't be finished until the day of the resurrection. You see, we're just beginning to love God. We're just beginning to love our neighbor. We're just beginning to fight against our sinful flesh. We're just beginning to do something good and helpful. But the astonishing thing is, in God's sight, at this same time, we have been imputed with righteousness. In God's sight, you are completely forgiven. In God's sight, you are completely holy. You are the holy ones. That is, saints. Because God, the Holy Spirit, has brought the word to you. And he has pressed that holy word into your ears and into your hearts, forgiving all of your sins. So God be praised for the feast of Pentecost, for the gift and the work of God, the Holy Spirit. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to come and fill our hearts with his joy and his peace and that he would continue to do his sanctifying work among us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.